One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'd like to get an electric car, but I'm confused about charging. Which chargers out there work with which cars? Is, is this like USB? Can I get an adapter? Will my car need dongles? Confused? Don't be. Rod Simmons is here to help us know a little more about car chargers. This episode of Know A Little More is one of those where I called in on some outside help. I'm very, very pleased uh, to have Rod Simmons, host of SMR Podcast and Barbecue in Tech, and known electric vehicle enthusiast on the show. Welcome, Rod. Thank you very much, Tom. Nice to be here with you. It's good to have you, man. Uh, when I when I think of EVs, uh, you and Allison Sheridan's name uh, usually pop into my head as the people I know who are who are most into them. Now, Chris Ashley's starting to to enter that with his with his new F one fifty Lightning. But you, how long have you been driving in an EV now? Just I think five years now. So okay. and, and and I will, will always say I started with a Tesla. I still have the same Tesla I originally bought, but yeah, five years. Okay. I know we have a ton of people out there who want to know about chargers specifically. Uh, I would say we did a, a whole roundtable on EV for Daily Tech News Show. If you want to get that, Rod is on that roundtable. Uh, there are plenty of episodes of SMR Podcast where he talks about range uh, and things like that. But specifically for chargers, if I have an EV, how much work do I need to do to figure out what charger will work? Can I go up to any charger and make it work somehow? Or are there brands that i have to avoid kind of uh, <laughs> so i'd say this much if you're if you're a tesla driver obviously you're using the tesla supercharging network when you're road tripping away from home mm-hmm. and for most ev owners 90 plus percent of your charging is done at home which means you've installed something that meets your requirements but i think what you're really getting after if, let's say i go to the movies sure. and i i want to charge while i'm at the movies or yeah, i'm on I a see road all the trip. best spots have the chargers in them yeah where can I go there? So, yes, there is some, I'll say, shenanigans you need to do. When you're typically at a, a location that's designed for AC or slow charging, AC charging, mm-hmm. um, you're likely going to run into like a what's called a J1772 adapter. That'll work on your Tesla, and that'll work on every other vehicle out there. So you're you're actually in a good situation. However, you may run into one of those locations where they say, we have only Tesla destination chargers, at which point you're like, well, I can't plug a Tesla charger into my Ford Mach-E or my mm-hmm. uh, Ford F-150 Lightning. Now, there are adapters you can use that you can you know, take an adapter that goes from Tesla to J1772, and they're, they're available for sale. They're usually like 50 to 150 bucks to buy, and those are very useful, and you can do it. So when you're talking slower charging standards, you're 
pretty much covered. And again, we're mainly focused on the North America market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. You're pretty much covered no matter where you go. The only vehicle I'd say you tend to run into challenges with are if you're dealing with like a Nissan Leaf that's only using Chattamo charging or something like that. But for the for the most part, anything you're going to go out there and buy today with the traditional charging network, i.e. I, the low speed, which is I'm at the grocery store, I want to charge. I'm at a restaurant, I want to charge. Movies, I want to charge. You're pretty much fine. It doesn't matter what but what you run into, provided if you're if you run into a Tesla charger and you're a non-Tesla vehicle, you have the adapter. Tesla inc- includes the adapter you need to go from J1772 to Tesla in the vehicle. So for the most part, it should be very little concern. All right. So if I'm at the J1772, that's the AC charger, that's the slow charger, I'm good no matter what I have. As long as I have bought an adapter or if I have a Tesla and they've included the adapter, I'm good. Are there Correct. chargers out there that I won't be good at, depending on what Yeah. So that's where it gets kind of funny. So again, focusing on the North America market, as the infrastructure originally started rolling out, obviously you have the Tesla network, which only supports Tesla vehicles today in North America, although Tesla is going to be opening up their network so that CCS compatible vehicles and and in North America, CCS one standard, if anybody Mm -hmm. really cares, but CCS compatible vehicles in the future, once Tesla either retrofits some of their chargers with an additional cable like they've done in Europe or like they're doing in Europe, or they provide an adapter for purchase that an owner who says, I want to charge a Tesla deck or can uh, provide an adapter that will take the Tesla plug and convert it to uh, CCS will be good to go. So these are the fast um, chargers we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. These are, these are, yeah, these are the DC fast mm-hmm. chargers. These are the ones that you plug your car in and within 20 minutes, you're probably popping around 150, 200 miles of range on the vehicle. When it comes to CCS, which is, I think everybody, when they're thinking about like EVgo or Electrify America, so if you're thinking about like a Lucid Air or the F-150 Lightning, those come with the CCS standard. For those, pretty much every vehicle sold today, except for Tesla, is perfect on that standard. Tesla does have an adapter that takes you from from CCS to a Tesla plug. However, it's only sold in Korea, and mm. it's only compatible with vehicles for Tesla that were released 2020 and beyond. And you you actually have to check on a software update to verify your car is ready for the CCS adapter. So, and this is the one case where Tesla is kind of behind, I guess, where the rest of the industry is. Now, the one exception that I want to talk about is like the Nissan um, vehicles where they took the Chatamo standard. Yeah. A lot of the older chargers still have at least one or two Chatamo plugs that sit there. And while Tesla originally had a Chatamo adapter, um, so that if you needed to go from Chatamo to Tesla, you could do that. Your charging speeds were like a third, if not a fifth of your maximum charging mm-hmm. speeds on a, mm-hmm. like a Tesla supercharger, but it did exist. Tesla no longer sells that particular adapter. And if you were going to go on like eBay and try to buy a used one where originally they were like 400 bucks, they're now like almost a thousand. I, I, argue to say, just try to avoid chargers that are uh, Chatamo uh, if you're an, if you're a Tesla owner. Okay. So if I have this right, there are the, of the fast chargers uh, or yep. sometimes called superchargers in Tesla's case, the standard is CCS and in, particularly in North America, CCS one and everyone but Tesla is standardized on that. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Yep. And then there's the Tesla version of supercharging which is just called the Tesla version, I guess. It doesn't have another name. 
Yeah, it's just called the Supercharger. Yeah, it's just called the Tesla Supercharger. And then there's this sort of slightly deprecated chatty mo that's still kicking around there. And if you have an older car, you might have to deal with. But for the more recent cars, it's going to be either CCS or Tesla V2. Where where you lost me a little bit was, so Tesla can do CCS charging now or not? Uh, so, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Tesla has released a Tesla to CCS adapter in Korea. And, right. and the Korea, okay. they that was the one that it. only was out in Korea. Got it. Yeah. There are people who are like, if you look on YouTube for uh, like a Tesla to CCS, you'll find YouTubers who are talking. I bought this adapter mm-hmm. where Tesla was selling in Korea for, I think it's like three, two or $300. Oh, wow. They're buying it for like three or $400 in North America, getting mm-hmm. it brought in. But if you bought it, like my wife has a 2018 model three, it's not compatible with her vehicle. But if you had a 2020 Model 3, then it would be. And a particular software update, you're good to go. And you can get the software update that's not restricted or anything. No, no, not at all. It's, there are a lot of people. I mean, I, there's a, and if, again, if you Google for is my Tesla vehicle compatible with the CCS adapter, people will tell you, like, I think you go into software updates. And when you look at what's available for software updates, you'll see, if you read the line item, you'll see CCS adapter Uh, uh, available. That's, that's, that's fairly relatively easy to figure out. Yes, okay. absolutely. So that would let you do Tesla on the CCS chargers. And that is the ones that are coming from like EVgo and, and places like that. Yep. EVgo. Okay. Uh, yeah. Electrify America. Yeah. Those mm-hmm, big guys. Mm-hmm. The And so the other direction is the one that we have to wait for Tesla to do something about, which is, uh, at least in North America, add something to the supercharger stations that allows a CCS compatible vehicle to charge with the Tesla supercharger. Is that right? That is correct. Yes. Okay. And so Elon says it's coming. It's not as simple as a dongle in that case. If if you want to charge your F-150 lightning on a Tesla supercharger, you can't just put an adapter on it. You have to wait for them to do something to the supercharger itself. So it all depends on how the approach Tesla takes. They could go with a, we're going to just add another cable a CCS cable, just like we did in Europe mm-hmm. or which is a massive retrofit of their yeah, network. Yeah, I would imagine it so. would be much cheaper to just say, if you want it, here's an adapter, come online, pay $200 for this adapter and you're good to go. Then immediately people who want it could start doing it tomorrow versus because if I were, t- if I mean, if I were Tesla and I were approaching this, I'd say every new charger we have, we'll put a CCS plug on it. Like that's very easy problem for us to solve, but going through and uh, retrofitting thirty plus thousand plugs that are probably in North America, that's going to take a long time. And as a user, I would rather say, just give me an adapter I can buy, and then the entire network's available versus onesies, twosies, and me having to figure out which Tesla has the extra cables and which ones don't. That path would be an utter nightmare for the end user. I'm tempted to say, well, why isn't somebody else just made, if it's just an adapter, if they, if they don't have to do anything to the supercharger itself, couldn't somebody else make the adapter? And I'm going to guess the answer is, and then Tesla would sue them, right? That is the beauty of patents yeah, and the DMCA. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, but so at, to be fair, with the Tesla network, the one thing any Tesla owner will tell you, the beauty of it is that I pull up 
I plug in my car. Mm-hmm. There's an authentication handshake that happens between my car and the and Tesla. It says, yep, you're a Tesla vehicle. Your battery looks like it's in good condition. You're authorized to charge. And then your credit card's valid if it's charging you for charging. And away you go. It starts charging. There's no tapping a credit card or anything. You just plug in and walk into the convenience store or restaurant, eat your food, or go to the bathroom and come back out and you're ready to go. With Electrify America, like Ford has done something with, uh, I think it's called the Ford Pass. Where And a lot of vehicle manufacturers are doing this where it's just plug and charge, where you pull your car up and you've set up something with like Ford or with a mm-hmm. Hyundai or whomever it might be so that they have your credit card. So when you plug in your vehicle, it authenticates, says it's this vehicle, then the network knows how to charge. So they've pre-negotiated arrangements with the networks to say when Rod's vehicle Rod's F-150 pulls up to charge. When I plug in, it does the authentication similar to Tesla Mm -hmm. and just starts charging. But many networks have the ability for you to do like you would do at a gas pump, which is swipe a credit card and initiate a charge. The supercharging network is very convenient with, which is I back in, I plug in and I usually, I don't even look to verify my car starts charging. I just, I walk into stores. Like I, it's just to me, it's a given. It's just going to work. So that, that that is the other thing to to keep in mind here is if there's there's the can you connect it part of it but then there's the can you authenticate can you charge uh which would be the other thing they would have to do with the superchargers is figure out how to handle charging the non Tesla cars in North America anyway and it's it's not an unsolvable problem but it is something that they also have to to add on that they don't have to do now because it's all part of the same ecosystem right yeah, and if you think about an adapter, mm-hmm. makes it very easy. I buy an adapter from Tesla. The adapter has some type of serial or some mm-hmm. type of number on it. I put it into my Tesla account. They know that this adapter is tied financially to my account. The adapter will lock to the charger so someone can't just steal it. And then I just plug it in and it, and, and it authenticates with Tesla. And I have a Tesla account so that when I go to charge, it just says, we're not charging you a higher rate than we would any other Tesla owner that we charge for supercharging. Mm-hmm. It's just we have a mechanism of authenticating and billing your card. And that's similar like in Europe, they have a uh, like light post charging. So often like an electric electrical company provider will provide like an adapter so that when you want to plug into a light post, you just have this adapter that sits between there and the car. And it says, okay, we know which car is using this. Now go ahead and charge away. Because we're fine. We know how to bill you back for your their charging you're pulling off of an electrical post. And then I guess the, the last thing to cover is everyone knows there are Tesla superchargers. Uh, I think EVgo is getting a little more awareness out there as sort of the the alternative for people who don't have Teslas. There's ChargePoint, as you mentioned. Uh, what others are there out there? How many other ecosystems would you have to play in? A lot, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Um, and some require, they, well, some want you to, uh, um, have like subscription services. So yeah. like obviously Tesla, you have EVgo, you have Blink, you have ChargePoint, you have Electrify America. And then obviously the manufacturers, again, there are definitely a number of other nuanced vendors. And then you might roll into some place like a, like when I go to the airport, the airport has free charging. They're mm. super slow. Uh, they're like trickle charges, but. They're free. There's no network, no card to tap. So I, I will say we've created a landscape of we've made it a little too hard to charge. I always say there are a couple apps that I, I recommend 
anybody who is, um, if you're looking at getting into EV vehicles and you're just not sure, and again, you don't have to fully download the app. You can go to the, usually most of the websites. One app I love, uh, and I tell, I told Chris to get it as soon as he's getting his card. I was like, download PlugShare. Um, often I say as a new owner, the first question you have is where can I charge? Mm-hmm. And I say this, like, if I ask you, where's a gas station, you know, tell me like three or four gas stations that are in a general vicinity. You could probably rattle them off because sure. we all are looking for gas stations and we just find them. But EV charges, if you're not charging, you're like, I don't know where they are. But then once you get an EV, you start like, oh, yeah, I, I know in my area where a bunch of EV charges are just because now I drive an EV. So I'm kind of on the lookout for them. What PlugShare allows you to do is you can plug in a, an address like where you're going and for that location you're getting ready to go to, it'll say, all right, what's around there? And it'll tell you the chargers and it's, it's a, uh, I guess a crowdsourced app, if you will. So mm-hmm. you get people saying, Hey, I plugged in yesterday. The network is fully available. You'll know if the charges are EV go or what type of charges they are. So you get a lot of good information of people saying, I plugged in with an, a Tesla or a Porsche Taycan or things like that. So it's really nice to see that four days ago, someone was at that charger and it was working. Plug share to me is like a lifesaver that I use for road trips. And we used it like Chris is planning a road trip coming up here to the beach. And he's like, I want to know if there's a charger near where the house I'm renting at the beach is. And I was like, super easy. We put in the address where he's going to be in PlugShare and realized there was a charger almost across the street from where he's going to be uh, staying. So for him, it became a very easy, I could find a charger. And now I know I can uh, go there and plug in and charge on my charger. And can you filter that by the type of charger you need then? Yeah. So um, when you go into the app or if you go to the website, on the web page, there's a, a filter button. It looks like a little funnel. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you can say, all right, I'm looking for like a wall outlet. I'm looking for a NEMA 1450, which is like a dryer outlet. I'm looking for Tesla J1772. I'm looking for fast chargers. You can add or remove what you want, and then it'll only show back the ones you want. I always tell most people, unless you know, when I go to one particular airport that doesn't have really good like actual chargers there, but they have plugs, I will always have plugs turned off. But sometimes, you know, like I'm going away for a week. I only need to know if this, where I'm going to be at this airport, where are the plugs that I can charge at? And th- that's useful. But outside yeah. of that, you're always going to want something that's uh, at least 240 volt charging. Oh, there, there's so, so many other things to consider, even once you get into the ecosystem and, and, and you know which chargers uh, go uh, with, with your EV. I'd, if you could do something to magically make this easier for everybody, what would it be? One freaking standard. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I, my argument would be self-serving is go with Tesla standard. It's a lower profile in the vehicle and it's one plug. Mm-hmm. So. If you think about it this way, uh, if you're doing AC charging, typically on most vehicles, you're using J1772. And again, I'm removing Tesla from the equation. Yeah. And so that's one plug. And then if you want to do DC fast charging, you have essentially J1772 plus two little plugs that go down below it, which turn it into DC fast charging. Got it. So if the plug becomes bigger with Tesla, you literally have one plug. It does AC, it does DC, it does everything, and it has a small profile footprint. It has a small piece on the other side for what you're physically carrying on the vehicle to do the conversion from AC to DC that has to go into the battery. So I would say Tesla probably has a better standard for North America and a larger network, which would make sense. But 
I think we're a little too far down that pathway. And I think CCS is going to be the standard we, we see. The other place is let's treat them like gas stations because right now the idea of having to have subscriptions to five different networks, yeah, I, I don't have a subscription to a, no one has a subscription to a gas station. You pull, you pull in, you put your credit card and you just pump and go. I, we have to get away from this siloing of that. You may choose to go to one versus the other and the prices may be different, but the subscription stuff has, it's got to go. And it seems like you could have a situation where you have still have a provider that auto connects you and authenticates you. It just works with the different situations and charges you accordingly. Like that's not impossible for them to develop. Yeah. It's honestly brilliant. You said that I would say like as much as I hate buying cars, well, and going to a dealer, a traditional dealer Mm -hmm. network, dealers could really jump in here to help to say like Ford is doing with Ford pass. Yeah. Yeah. But your, your dealer could do a very similar model, which is we're giving you this number of charging miles per year for free. Cause most people only like many people, if they road trip, let's say they're doing between 500 and a thousand miles a year on road tripping, or let's say that you, you mm-hmm. may know that you do like two or 3000 miles a year. If you could walk in and say, look, I just need to buy, you know, this number of road trips per year. And they say, based on your battery, this number of miles, this is about what you need to, per- that you need to purchase. There's our add on. Yeah. Now you're good for all of the networks that are around you plug in charge and keep going versus like Ford Pass might give you 500 miles one time. You want to be able to buy in. And I think the dealership network should uh, work together to try to figure out how do we deliver this as like an add-on such as like doing undercoating mm-hmm. on a vehicle. Yeah. Cause, cause right now it's, it's like uh Tesla is the lightning cable <laughs> of, of charging. It's, it's it is. the better cable, but you can only use it on the one car. Um, Rod, thank you so much uh, for explaining this. I, I really do understand it better. Uh, thanks to you running this down. I really appreciate that. Uh, no problem. Can I make one more recommendation? Yeah, which of I course. think is hugely valuable. Please do. For most people, they're trying to figure out, can I go where I want to go on a charger? There's a website called a better route planner. If you just go to the website, there's an app for it as well. But if you go to the uh, the website, you can choose the vehicle you have, say that I'm leaving from my house. I'm going to this location. Like I want to leave at 20%. I want to arrive at 90%, whatever it is. You can choose all those variables and it'll say, stop here to charge. And it tells you exactly how to get from point A to point B, whether it be mm-hmm. east to west coast or whether it be from your house three or 400 miles away. So if, if you're considering an EV and you're just trying to figure, can I get from point A to point B? absolutely take a look at a better route planner because they have a, a ton of vehicles in there and it really does help you get a general idea of how much longer is that drive going to take in an EV versus a regular car. Genius. Uh, anything else you can think of that we should pass along before we wrap it up? Oh, I could probably go for an hour, but <laughs> no, I think we're good. Good, good. Let folks know where they can find more of what you do out there. Yeah. So, um, Obviously, I have my cast of clowns I work with on the SMR podcast. So if you head over to smrpodcast.com, you can, uh, or you can just look us up in whatever your podcasting app you're doing. Uh, you can subscribe and listen. Um, it's where we just talk tech. Uh, we try to be like a, a mini Tom Merritt show, but it's just a bunch of friends getting together and just chatting about tech. The other place you can catch me is I love talking about barbecue and cooking. I love food in general and I love cooking. Uh, and I do a show called Barbecue and Tech with Chris. So it's barbecueandtech.com. And again, you can catch it in your podcatcher app. So there you go. Thank you, man. Uh, Like I said, I I actually understand this better now. And I hope all of you out there also know a little more about car chargers. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.